are listening to MutinyRadio.fm. It's Monday, it's 6 o'clock. That means it's time for the Joke Workshop. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, hanging out with the coolest comedians all here to do their new material, old material, whatever material they want to do. It doesn't have to be new. Just whatever they want to work out here at the Joke Workshop. Excited to get started. Uh, Keep listening to this band called the Buttercream Gang, and we're going to get right back with our first comedian in just a few minutes. Here we go. Joke workshop, yeah! All right, it's the joke workshop. Just to remind everybody how the Joke Workshop goes, if you're a new listener or a new person that's here, uh, hey, comedians are going to do four or five minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll do it at five. Uh, then I honk them. And then the radio listening audience can give a call at 415-550-0511 and give their comments. But what's going to happen is the comedians in the room have been diligently paying attention to their other comedians, and they are going to give them comments on how to help their jokes or what's working or what's not how to make it better. We just always try to remember here on the Joke Workshop, if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. That means a nice fluffy brioche bun, nice and toasted on the top, totally delicious. And then a shitty burger in the middle, you know, like the McDonald's crappy hamburger. And then on the outside, another fluffy brioche bun. So uh, we like to be nice. We only hurt three feelings last week, so uh, we'll try to at least make that four tonight, but in the nicest way possible. Hey, everybody, your first comedian is a super funny guy. Oh, I also have to let you guys know that uh, there's two mics to make comments on. There's one at the front of the stage, and then there's one here at the back with the big uh, orange bulb on it. If you're going to say something, make sure you say it into a microphone because we have over 4,000 listeners every month, which is about 1,000 every week, and they want to hear what you have to say. And if you don't talk into a microphone, they can't hear you. So that's how that works. All right. We've got comedians. We've got our first one. Funny, funny man. Put your hands together, everyone. It's John Gallagher. All right. Babies. Hello, baby boys and girls and ladies. Hello. Uh, Thanks, man. Mauricio says he loves me. That's nice. I'm loved by people in this room. It's very cold. Love will keep us warm. We won't die. Love will be the tauntaun surrounding us. For all you, thank you. All right. Uh, I, uh, I'm cold. I'm a big baseball fan, though. Uh, that really, you know, they follow together. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan, and that's good. I feel like a lot of people in this city are baseball fans. When we win the World Series, we destroy the mission, and that's exciting. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we do. We burn it down, like, because we're real assholes. Um, but I am a, a person that does like baseball, but I feel like people that don't like it, always have something to say, like, you know, they say baseball is barely a sport. Baseball is boring and stupid, and I hate it. Yeah, exactly. Pam says, boo, I agree, because baseball is boring and stupid, but that is why it is the greatest game in the land. It is so boring because for over 162 times a year, for three hours at a time, grown men congregate together on a field to play baseball 
while a party happens 360 degrees around them. Like, that's fucking amazing to me because without the benefit of any kind of adrenal action, you just have nothing but stick and ball and pure boredom while everybody's just like, woo, fun beer party family booze, woo. And they're just like, oh, no, we got to play baseball now. But everybody else is just like, yeah, you can walk 15 feet in any direction at any time if you want. And they're like, no, we got to hit this ball into this field and then stand up and sit down. Basically, I'm going to play nine innings of Get a Farmer's Tan on this. Like, like, baseball is a game. It's so boring that old men talking over it makes it more interesting. Like, fucking crazy. I had to go back for Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving's fun. I had to go spend it with my family. Always exciting. Uh, I have a younger brother, and uh, I feel like when you go back as an adult, because I'm 28, for Thanksgiving, I feel like it's always... um, like, it's more of like a checking statuses. That's what you do. It's just like a pissing contest for the most part. So you find out who's doing the worst in your family, and then you just destroy them and tell them they suck and they're terrible. And so for me, like, it used to be, there used to be like a little bit of a familial competition. I used to compete with my brother a little bit. And when you're kids, you can do it better. Like, if you're both in elementary school, it's always about a, a report cards or grades. We both played sports. We're both okay academically. Continue on a little bit. I got a little bit better grades. He played sports. Everything kind of evens out. You can go and talk shit to each other about your, your own athletic endeavors or academic endeavors. But now the tables are permanently turned because I now, if I get asked how I'm doing by other relatives or he asks how I'm doing, it's like, hey, John, what's up? And I go, well, I am a 28-year-old open mic comedian in San Francisco, California, and I just moved on to a couch and have approximately $20 in my checking account. And he can say, well, I am going to Gonzaga Law School, uh, and I graduated from UCLA with a degree in history, and I ha- I've won a college baseball World Series. It's like, that's kind of skewed already. Like, they could come back and ask me, hey, let's see what else I can come up with. And it's like, well, a man called me the Cookie Crisp Dog on the street, and he just goes, I have jewelry that says champion of the world on it. I beat the world at something, and I have jewelry, a John Cena belt that I can wear around. It says world champion. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you kind of lose that battle every time. What's up, Tommy? Oi. Um, I would be... Actually, no, I feel like a lot of a lot of women in San Francisco, it's a weird infantilized place with a lot of money, uh, but not a lot of, like, personal growth or anything. It's just a lot of weird infantilized people around. I feel like a lot of women go around and say, John, I can't find a man in this city. Where all these men are boys, I can't find a real man in San Francisco. And I say, yes, I agree. And you should probably quit having sex with me to find another man. I'm a boy. Not going to find one here. I look like a giant baby as I get older. Yeah. And, uh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> but you do. I don't know. Like, that's why you ever watch that movie Benjamin Button? When he does that, he's the old baby walking around. He's supposed to be like an old man with Alzheimer's. Wasn't that kind of fucked up? <laughs> Just like watch this baby be like adorable, be like, oh, he's an old man, really. So if that spoils Benjamin Button for you, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's don't watch it. It's Forrest Gump. It's that movie. Um, yes, thank you. I um, I would be a fantastic father. I think. And here's why I would be a fantastic father. Like I feel like I know a lot of people that have grown up with substance abuse problems, and I'm one of those people too. And they always tell you when they were kids if they're when they started, they'd go and drink or whatever, and their parents would catch them drinking. And so they'd go and drink a bunch of alcohol. And I know a couple of friends in particular are like, well, my dad caught me drinking, 
And so what he did was he found the rest of the alcohol that I had, and then he made me drink it all in front of him until I got sick. And they tell you that when they're all, we're all shit-faced in bars and we're close to blacking out. It's like bad parenting had the opposite effect that it was supposed to have. Now, like, I feel like I would be a great dad because what I would do is I would, if I catch my kid drinking a beer, I take that beer, drink it, and I find the rest of their beer, and I drink all of those. And then I would do that every day for 40 years until I am on my deathbed with cirrhosis. And then I just pull them in with my last breath and just go, this is all your fault. And then I die because I'm a great parent. Okay. That's, I think that's it. Fantastic parenting advice from John Gallagher. Yes. All right, now is the part on Joke Workshop where you tell him things. There's a microphone right there at the front, and there's one right over here, and we all say, what did, what did, what'd you guys like about John Gallagher's set? Yeah, repeat repeat that for the audience. I was just super impressed that you're able to do your uh, baseball material when it's super cold out. Thanks, man. It's uh, I'm just I'm just one thing people have told me about comedy is that I'm very brave when I get up here. I'm just so brave. I'll, I'll never forget that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hey. Oh, what's up? Um, I really like the end about uh, you giving the lesson. Oh, thank you. Being an alcoholic father. Thank you. Um, I was thinking there's more opportunity when you do the comparison between you and your, is it your cousin? My younger brother. Your, your, your younger brother. Okay. Um, like the living on a couch and being at the age, these are like obvious ones, and then you could get into the punches that are like more unexpected maybe. Perfect. Right. Of differences between you guys. For sure. Um, and then there, you could like do a callback when you tell her to stop sleeping with you. Oh, okay. That's Perfect. her problem, not finding a man, because she's just willing to sleep with little boys. Perfect. You yeah. can call back like the things about you. Exactly. And like, yeah. why are you fucking me? <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you're looking for a man. That's great. Yeah, thank you so much. And what is what is your brother's hair profile like? Oh, he's a he's a bald boy. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's a bald boy. So that's yeah. cute. I mean, you can go off on that whole tangent about like, I'm bald too. I'm balding too, <laughs> but he still has a ring or whatever. Oh, for sure. He's even balder. There you go. He's younger, but he's even balder. The balder and the beautiful. <laughs> And nice bodies on those uh, on those baseball players for sure. Okay. All right. Wait. Right on. Everybody like John Gallagher said. Uh, thank you guys. Yay! Uh, all right, you guys. Uh, your next comedian, a very funny man. I enjoy his jokes every time he's been up. He must be cold too. Uh, I don't know how the the hair challenged are dealing with this weather right now. <laughs> Uh, but he's a very funny guy. Put your hands together. It's Greg Gettle. Hey, uh, my name is Greg. I am bald. Hey, it's very chilly out. If you're yes, I wear a hat. People don't recognize me. Um, it's it's weird because I'm I'm bald now, but like my like like this part of my head's like totally bald, and there's like a little. Of peninsula here of hair. It's like a teardrop of hair. 
And then there's like hair back here. And it's, it's just like, I wish my other hair would just give up. <laughs> like the race is over. <laughs> like stop trying. It's not, it, like there's no PSA announcement for balding men. <laughs> like it never gets better. It should, it should just stop. Does that make sense? Because I'm gonna look like that. This, like, it's weird to think this is my last hairstyle until I die. <laughs> like, this is it. Like, it's, it's gonna get worse from like eyebrows down, but like, this is like the worst it's gonna get up here, which is kind of refreshing, knowing that my body deteriorates in sections. <laughs> so that's, fr that's, uh, that's sensational. <laughs> I was at a party this weekend, and this girl was crying because her friend drove home drunk. And she was like, she's, she's dead. She's not responding to any of my phone calls. She said she would call back. And I found out the best way to tell someone that their friend's probably dead is th they might be alive. <laughs> Still, maybe. <laughs> but ma yeah, maybe. She didn't see it the same way. And I also I found out, um, so, do you guys ever go to parties and people find out you do comedy? Yeah. You guys ever done that? That's sensational. Because <laughs> as soon as they find it, like, let me tell you a joke. And this girl was like, knock, knock. And I was like, I, I, I said, no. <laughs> it felt really good. <laughs> you could just stop someone from doing that. You know, I'm never going to get that time back. You know what I mean? It was a good party. It's been a weird, weird couple days, actually. Uh, like, oh, this Friday, in the past, at this one party that me and John were at, this one girl said she wanted us to piss on her face. Wow. Another girl said that she, she wanted a, a tag team action with John and I. It's a different girl. And then the third one threw up in a bag and then tried to hit on me afterwards. <laughs> so either clearly I'm killing it, <laughs> um, or I need, I need to stop hanging out with John. <laughs> it's one of the two. Yeah. That's just such a weird, it's very weird. I showered before the party. Um, I, I think my dad was the first person to say, thanks, Obama. <laughs> I really do believe that, because he's been doing it like, ever, like for a while, and he's been, he's been using other presidents. Like, you can thank your boy, Clinton, and then Obama came in, and he's like, thank, I don't know. He doesn't like him. My dad one time said, he's like, I don't understand why you're so insecure about being bald. But while he was saying it, he was rubbing his hands through his hair. <laughs> yes, dick. <laughs> Are you guys excited for uh, Christmas, seeing the folks and stuff, holidays? Yeah? yeah? I, oh, okay. Um, uh, can, are you guys buying your parents gifts for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Are you? Yes. Yes? Yes? May, yeah? No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying my parents shit. <laughs> and everyone thinks that's rude, but it's like, I don't buy gifts for people that used to hit me. <laughs> it's not how I live my life. I'm a, I'm a Segway tour guide. That's a thing. <laughs> and I'm pretty good at it. Like, I'm, very, I'm a very good Segway tour guide. Like, I, I, I'm getting groomed to be assistant manager. That's what's happening. I got a pay raise, and like, I'm doing more, having more responsibilities. 
And like, I, I was kind of curious. I was like, why would you, why would you be giving me this promotion? They're like, oh man, the last three months, man, you've just been really been bringing it, great energy, I, and it's just, you've just been really busting your hump, and I want to reward that. And the thing is, guys, like, the last three months, <laughs> I've been going through a real bad depression, <laughs> like, so bad. Like, I've been doing so much coke and drinking, like, and just show, and like, like, I gave a tour, a Segway tour on acid. <laughs> and I took him down Lombard Street, because I was like, who am I to deprive him of this memory? <laughs> and we're not supposed to do that, because like, people die on Lombard <laughs> on Segways. So if you guys were looking for like a way to get ahead, um, try that <laughs> and just show up for work and you get promoted. Um, okay, that's it guys, thank you. Yay, Greg Gettle. Comments for Greg Gettle. I, I wrote down one thing, I wrote um, dad dick moves. I feel like you could um, talk about how your parents, like the hit you thing and that's like one way that your parents are dicks but you know, maybe you're dad with the running fingers through his hair that's kind of another dad dick move oh yeah no, i can definitely i got plenty of those you, you could yeah. kind of like gl glump those all together and i feel like that could be a whole like set of its own especially around the holiday times since we're all dealing with families of like right on. dad dick moves dad dick moves there's more <laughs> more to come yeah i had the same little note actually the the dad running the hair with the baldness and then mm -hmm. you later saying you would never give them gifts uh, someone who hits you, maybe like naming the gifts. Or oh yeah, like not giving me hair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The gifts they never gave you, or or the yeah, yeah. or the gifts you would give to someone who hit you. Um, um, sleeping pills, right? Yeah. A lot of sleeping pills. Oh, I liked when you said your body is deteriorating in sections, okay. like just your head. But then give us the next section. Oh man, <laughs> there's so many, uh, so many potentials at this point. Uh, I don't know which one's w leading at this point, so we'll see. <laughs> I guess probably. Oh, I'm sure there's. Okay, yeah, right on. That's probably my uh, boobs. <laughs> <laughs> like right. only one aspect gets old. Yeah. Of the thing. Um, oh, uh, when you did the punchline to the girls, the ridiculous girls at the party, mm -hmm. instead of saying like I'm clearly killing it or I have to stop hanging out with John. I think there's like totally opportunity for way better punchlines there. Okay. Right on. That aren't so Gallagher specific. <laughs> no, I really need to stop hanging out with John. <laughs> the, the girl we vomiting in the bag, that's a hilarious detail. That is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> it was horrible. I, I still think about it. <laughs> yeah, th th anything, is that it? Anything else? Uh, um, sorry, the one last thing I wrote down is that instead of saying that you've been really like bummed out and depressed lately, um, because that's like a little bit sad, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe flip it to... <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, so don't say I'm sad. Well, no, no, sad. I mean maybe flip it into like um, what it is about being a Segway tour guide that's so de depressing. Cause that's actually the highlight. Funnier. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Just that's the one thing keeping me waking up. Said that was the, that was the highlight. That's actually more depressing than making up depressing reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks. Right? Yep. Cool. Yay, Greg Gettle, Yay. What you
All right, two strong openers, and we are moving on at the Joke Workshop. Our next comedian, he's a new comedian, but he's still very funny. Put your hands together. It's Ian Kung. Hey, everyone. How's everyone doing? You guys had a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Find out how your parents are a little more subtly racist than you thought. Yeah, that was good. Um, I live in Southern California, so I had like a, with traffic and all the, it, it took about seven hours to get down there, and I really hate that drive a lot, and I asked my friend Will, like, if there's any, like, better way to do it, and he's had ADHD since he was, like, seven, so he's, so he has, like, Adderall, right, and he said, hey, why don't you just try one of these, and I'm, like, one of those people who's scared of drugs, like, I'm not one of those guys who say, oh, I, I don't do drugs because I'm afraid I'll like it, I'm just straight up scared of drugs, like, I've never tried weed and everything, it's like, I'm on that level. But he's like, he's my buddy, so I trust him. So, he, so I took one of his Adderalls, and um, he said, yeah, this will make the drive way better. I didn't understand that when you take Adderall since you're a kid, it, they kind of ramp up the dosage for you. This was my first time doing any kind of drug, you have to understand. And it's like seven times as much as I was supposed to have. But it's whatever. So I take it, and I learned two things about this. Uh, first, seven-hour drive feels like two hours. And depending on how you count the dash lines down to Orange County, there's about between 8,400 8, and 8,700 dash lines on the road. And I fucking can't. And, and, and once you get there, you can't even sleep. I'm like lying in my bed at like two in the morning, staring up at the white ceiling, wondering like how they make white paint. Like that's the kind of shit that goes on in your head. How, how did um, how did uh, how did anyone get in the city today? Like anyone take Bart? Yeah, some people took Bart. Yeah, okay, great. I mean, I don't mind the BART. I mean, the crazy people, the homeless people, um, all the bad smells and the cramp feeling. I don't mind that. I just hate Kevin. I fucking hate Kevin so fucking much. He's this kid that I'm just familiar enough with that I have to talk with him in my 40-minute commute every day. Right? He's like, the problem with Kevin is he's one of those like techie startup people who doesn't do any sort of techie things. He's like the big ideas kind of guy. You know what I mean? He's, so, so this latest idea was something stupid like, oh, socks for dogs. Socks for dogs, like two, he's like, Ian, think about it, big picture, right? Like double the legs, double the profits, right? Like it doesn't make, doesn't make any fucking sense listening to this kid every single day. It's like, okay, so when I was, uh, when I was hanging out, uh, when I was hanging out on the board, he, he comes up during Halloween and he's dressed up as Steve Jobs, right? Just to give you an idea of the kind of character this guy has. And uh, he's like, hey, this looks like pretty good, right? I'm like, no, you're not Steve fucking Jobs. You just got fired from a Ross. What are you talking about? Like, so, like you applied to, to society and society said, all right, here's the minimum wage and this is you right here. You understand? So like, I'm trying to understand, like your entire job at this Ross was just to kind of like tell people where stuff is. Someone comes up to you and is like, hey, where's like, the extremely extra, extra, extra large clothes that doesn't fit anybody, and you just weren't like, that was that was the response. And I'm trying to imagine him, like the fantasy is him talking to his boss, like when he was getting fired, like an even more pretentious douche, just like doing that weird jaw rub, going like, Kevin, what, what does success? mean to you because at Ross dress for less it's not the bar is not high you don't really even have to speak English like if someone asks you hey um where's the extra large clothes it's just like 
Yeah, that, that, that's about it. Um, anyway, that's all I really wanted to work out today. Thanks, you guys. Ian Kung doesn't like to talk to people on the BART. Uh, hey, guys, comments for Ian Kung. People are quiet today. The joke about your first time on Adderall, I think there's a lot of room and potential for that. If you keep digging into it, and so setting it there. Uh, and then setting up Kevin getting fired. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of, a lot before that. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that's... That you didn't really need. No, no, I, I oh. think there are a lot of little details, if you go back and re-listen to it, that you could point out to set that punchline up more with, like, little, like, micro punchlines in between. Sure, sure, yeah. As you go through. It's Thanks. Still it. not in. All right, cool. I have to fix it. It's still not in. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I was just going to say that you, you still aren't really sharp on where your punchlines are. I mean, they're entertaining, funny stories. And of course, we're not going to laugh here, but it's not, you're not really clear where you expect. I don't know, you don't want to have a blah, 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 boom, boom, you know. But just sharpen up where you think the laugh would be in your own mind. Okay, it just, okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Back to the Adderall joke, too. Thanks. Talk about counting the white lines. That could segue perfectly into another cocaine chunk in the future, too, in case your drug use spirals. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. He wants to get off stage. It's Ian Kung. All right, you guys are listening to the Joke Workshop here at MutinyRadio.fm. We're on the corner of 21st and Florida. You can come and visit us at 2781 21st and Florida Street. Or give us a call and tell us what you think of the comedians you're listening to at 415-550-0511. The next comedian, I've never met him before, so it's his first time here. You guys, give him the big love. It's Aiden Candelario. What up, mutiny? Love, love this cold weather. It's like the worst weather for doing comedy for me because I'm a skinny guy, so I get up here and I start shaking. And like, despite my nerves of steel, people think I'm nervous and stuff. It's not great. Uh, so heard heard a bit of talk about this earlier about uh, how like when you meet people and they learned you're a comedian. It's something we probably we do all go through and. Uh, like when people figure that out about me, they're just amazed. They'll they'll say things to me like, "Wow, I would never have the courage to do anything so stupid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I I, I love uh, doing open mic comedy like this so in a room full of comedians. It's it's like a bunch of life coaches coaching life coaches on life coaching, <laughs> which is which is a real thing. <laughs> But people say, uh, there's like the big cliche for stand-up comedy is that, you know, it's like cheaper than therapy. And that's true, but I think that's not, that's not the main selling point in me, f- uh, for me, uh, with comedy over therapy. It's like, 
It's more that when you when you go into therapy, you have to admit like, I'm fucked up. I need help. But to do comedy, you kind of get to retain some of your delusions. You're like, I'm fucked up, and it's gonna make me famous. <laughs> and like, I, I did actually feel feel like a celebrity recently because uh, I di- I did a show and I got to sign my first and second autograph at the show. The second was on the same poster because the host of the show had signed his name so big that the guy came back and was like, here, I can't really see it, do it again. And uh, I I was excited because usually if people treat me like a celebrity at all, it's because they think that I look like some friend of theirs. Like that even happened to me here yesterday. Somebody was like, oh, yeah, I like to see it in your set. And, and this guy didn't say that. And as soon as I think that, he's like, yeah, you know, th- I really like seeing you up there because you look just like my friend. It's like, I, I look like, I must have one of those faces. I look like everybody's friend, which is ironic because I don't have any friends. I'm not somebody who kicks my dog because that would be letting that asshole off easy. Now, what I like to do when he misbehaves or if I've just had a frustrating day is you take him to the dog park and leave him in the car while I play with strange dogs. That joke's not totally true. I don't actually own a dog. That that joke's written about my mother's dog, who is an asshole. But I kind of feel bad for him because he's like the friend that everybody rips on, but he's a dog, so he can't, like, defend himself. Like, our whole family is always talking shit on this dog, and it's like, he's just a dog. But his his life isn't really that bad. It's like, you know, he, he's like well taken care of and loved even though people are just talking shit on him all the time. But I, I think that's the kind of justification that like a lot of pet owners make. Like, oh, it could be a lot worse. Like, some, they, this pet could have like a really abusive owner. Like, it, it, like, I'm still owning an animal and that's wrong, but it could, it could be so much worse. It's like the same kind of thought process that people must have when like be- becoming a Democrat. It's like, oh, we've been owning pets or we've had this awful two-party system for forever that we've known was wrong, but, you know, it could be worse. Somebody much worse could adopt the country or this pet. Maybe maybe this simile doesn't quite work. Maybe it's a little off. Like, maybe if it gets more specific, it might be better. Like, like pet owners aren't aren't just like Democrats. They're like old-school Southern Democrats, you know, before Strom Thurmond switched parties. Like, uh... (laughs) You know, they're, they're like, uh, like most pet owners are, li- are like the people who were like really nice to their house slaves, you know. They're, they're like, what am I going to do if I, if I release them? Uh, somebody worse could pick them up and, and, and abuse them. Like, I might as well take care of them. <laughs> I, I guess the, uh, the, but owning a pet, obviously, clearly better because people usually don't fuck their pets. <laughs> All right, getting to the end. I only got a little more. So I think that uh, Burning Man is the opposite of Las Vegas. Because, you know, like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But what happens in Burning Man, you're going to keep trying to tell your friends even though, as long as they, despite them telling you to shut up. <laughs> Which was something I, I, was, I was getting high with a comedian friend of mine and said to him, and... Uh, and now I feel like a dick. Now that I think, cause I just, I just was in the joke writing mode, and then now I never got to hear his Burning Man story. Still, <laughs> I, I was actually kind of curious. Anyway, uh, that's that's my time. <laughs> that's it. Aiden, get.
Candelario, clearly a real San Franciscan because he hates Burning Man. <laughs> All right. Actually, Comment. not a San Franciscan, but yeah. Oh, you aren't? No, no. I'm, I'm from Slow. Oh, San Luis Obispo. Slow. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Are you just here for college? You're off college break or something, and you're just visiting, or are you uh, new Thanksgiving? Transplant? I just kind of extended the trip. Had some family in the bay, so. Right on. Nice. It was good seeing you again. Uh, that was good. Good shit. All good uh, stuff. Uh, only thing is, Strom Thurmond might be a dated reference. <laughs> I th- yeah, I thought. Uh, it might. And Trump. You could do Trump, but that's kind of hacky and li- well, not hacky, but just a little too like obvious. But uh, although, like, if you could find someone else, but it, it doesn't. I don't know if it works with it. But like, yeah, Santora? Well, it would work with Trump or Santor because it's like because uh, it's about like when the Democrats yeah. used to be the the racist yeah, party. Exactly. You know, but that's been like a hundred years or whatever. Yeah. I always just yeah. Anyways, that's the only thing I was just I, I got it because I get it, but uh, it might be you might want to find a, a different reference. Yeah, I, that's a that's a tough one. I, uh, I might abandon that whole thing. We're going off that. All the references you comparisons you made between uh, blacks in the South and pets were essentially slaves, particularly the no one tries to fuck their pet. So uh-huh. I would say take it back further and say back when they were the old Southern Democrats, back when they were still slave owners, and don't even go that because the the I'm references not, and the similes you made. Sound like you're making a pet akin to a. a well, slur. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I, I follow. What are you saying? Oh, I said just say instead of saying Strom Thurmond or Dixiecrats, just go back to back when they were still slave owners from the South. Okay. Oh, just make it yeah. more explicit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Just with the Bernie Man story, you said that you weren't able to hear your friend's stories, but I'm sure he'll tell you again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll happen eventually, but yeah. it's just just so far that was recent, and then I was like, oh man, I never got to hear your story. <laughs> yeah. The the life coach joke also is is really great. I know we're a room full of comedians, so that rings totally true for us and might resonate better. But if you're at a, ever at an open mic, that's a real. It was a really good joke. It's funny. Yeah, that's that's one of those jokes that's funny for a very specific situation that isn't really being successful. But uh, that's yeah, life coaches, same you, thing. <laughs> you have you have such a wonderful, relaxed, calm style, which uh, means your jokes have to have punch on their own. Yeah. The one that got across into the next room to me was the Burning Man joke. Okay, I mean yeah. that was that was like the keeper of the night. Yeah, I think that was pretty clearly the best yeah. one. The rest, uh, I might. Well, no, 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 there's nothing like wrong with the rest. I'm just saying, when the language itself, the words itself, have that much power, then your calm delivery is a wonderful contrast. Uh-huh. You see? Yeah, so, that's, that's so like a common like one-line kind of thing. Like, it, that's why no, I'm not no. A, I'm saying when your jokes are really good, yeah, really powerful, then this calm style really works. Uh-huh. Okay. So write better or get more energetic. No, you <laughs> did write that one well. It really worked. <laughs> do more do more of that. Do more of that. That was great. But the rest of it didn't quite get through the barrier to the next room. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So just Okay. Yeah, sorry sorry to be difficult. Trying to compliment you, goddammit. <laughs> so, sorry to be difficult like that. <laughs> oh um Wow, that was intense. Okay. Um, no, the only thing I was going to say, too, don't discount the um, the commenting or the life coaching bit. Uh, don't, don't discount it right away because even though it's it's relatively inside baseball, you'd be kind of surprised at how universal just that sentiment is. Yeah, a lot of people I, I, just bend to bad comedy shows. and It's kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's honestly, I have one that's kind of similar about commenting on stand-up as like a, a comedy TED talk about failure. And that one like almost <laughs> like always that. hits. 
And even though, like, you know, same kind of ideas, it shouldn't. Though. So I would, like, obviously keep in the back pocket. Don't count on it for anything. But, it's, I mean, it's going to be a solid opener, and you'll be surprised at how universal it is. Yeah, I actually meant that. to initially use that completely differently, just in a whole list of, like, just similes comparing nothing to nothing. For sure. Well, I mean, even if, but, are you familiar with Mean Dave, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, mean I mean, like, yeah, watch Mean Dave. I mean, same thing. He comments on, like, fucking open mic comedy all the goddamn time, and you see how he connects with audiences anyway. Yeah. You know? All right, thanks. Uh, hey. So I had a quick one. Uh, I was actually curious to hear the ways in which people talk shit about your mom's dog. Uh, I thought oh, you were yeah. listing that off. And, or even uh, what the dog would say if he could defend himself. I, I like that. Yeah, I so I, I like the the concept of, of what the dog would say. I know I, I meant to actually add just that, that my mother, like the person who who loves him the most, has even joked about like, you know, he's been alive a long time. If he if he were to die soon, it'd be kind of convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right. Um, oh. oh yeah, I I liked the what say stays in Ve- what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, maybe some examples of what happens at Burning Man comes back to San Francisco. <laughs> Like okay, what? That, because oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, uh, oh yeah, you're not now from I need, San Francisco. Now I need to actually hear his story, but but, that, but for, comes back to San Francisco is actually have to perfect. But it not be someone else's story. It's actually better if you. Act oh, if like I just you make know, up stuff. Like you're a little yeah. More on the inside. Actually. Or not. Yeah. No, I think that's one of the rare instances where where cr- making stuff up is probably better than telling the truth. Like. Yeah. Yeah, or, always embellish, especially if it's, it's truth based. But like I was saying, like you try to buy weed off me with uh, and trade it for hugs. They have no comments or whatever, or just like. Yeah, yeah, where it has like a grain of truth, but it's just uh, like some crazy thing that sounds like it would be a Burning Man. There's no way that you can not be weird. I mean, I saw a life-size jar of mayonnaise at Burning Man. There is, it is, everything is there. Like everything. But it's like the internet, anything you imagine probably exists there. Absolutely, Yeah. yeah. And it all does come back to the city. We see it for a long time in San Francisco oh, yeah. afterwards. Like everything's dusty, everyone's got their things in there. Yeah. So. Sweet. Everybody all clap right. again. Thanks. Aiden Candelario. Yay. All right. You guys, listen to the joke workshop. Uh, the music in the fills today is by a gang. Uh, it's called the Buttercream Gang, if anybody cares about the music in between or whatever it's uh it's just a, a new band uh out of san francisco good times all righty um we have another transplant to the city clap wilder you guys it's dom gellin all right thank you um i'm not gonna do like a really strict uh format forgive me i um all right so i did just move to san francisco uh and for now i'm staying in a hostel and I was like, oh, this is cool, because then I get to meet all new people while being homeless, essentially. Uh, and yesterday, I knocked on, uh, I guess, my roommate's door to let her know that apparently we're all going to be drinking on Thursday. And she was like, uh, and I was like, hey, I hope I'm not interrupting. She goes, no, I was just crying over my ex. And I was like, oh, OK, great. Glad I could, uh, glad I could help you out with that. And then she started crying again. Um, and I was, but luckily there was somebody else there and they held her and I was like, great. Cause like I was just about to shower, uh, <laughs> I don't need an excess of water. I felt really insensitive about it, but I was just like, all right, like I could come back in five minutes. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to do this. We can keep our emotions bottled up like adults. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, uh, when we went back to the room, uh, to, to this other room, one of my other roommates was like, oh, are you are you like interested in, in, in that girl? And I'm like, no, that's not how gay recruitment works, uh, but thanks. 
no, if only it was, right? Because like, I, th- I feel like if gay recruitment was a thing, then we would have like really awesome... I think the campaign would be really intense. First of all, there would be glitter everywhere. Just like, poof, gay, right? Like, bam, like magic, like pixie dust. But I think also the posters would be pretty great. Like, uh, for ladies, maybe it'd be like, come be gay, never run out of tampons again, right? Or, uh, come be gay, never have your aunt ask you about who you're dating again. Or, never get another dick pic, right? Like, there are just, there we go, that's the one. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are a number of advantages. Guys, I'll get to your advantages shortly, not right now. Because uh, I feel like, and I realize I'm biased, but it seems like if you guys were gay, that would be a disadvantage for you because you wouldn't have access to tits or vag. Um, so uh, that is one element. But the other, <laughs> the other nifty thing, oh shit, this is open. I was gonna rest this on here and it is not a glass case of emotion. It is a completely open case of nonsense. Um, I did just move to San Francisco. And I think one of the cool things about moving out here is that it's not, it's not my first time living among white people. Uh, yeah, I'm from Miami, so anytime I get to leave South Florida, I feel like I get to, to I feel like an anthropologist, right? Because I get to study white people, but like in their natural habitat. Uh, and what do I mean by their natural habitat? I have a couple of candidates. Uh, <laughs> the natural habitat is a place where uh, people uh, would have no problem inviting their black friend to a Taylor Swift concert. Not ironically. Um, it's a place, uh, coincidentally, where I draw the line. Uh, okay, it's a place where people think that the words cracker and nigger are equally offensive. That's a good one. Actually, it's a place where uh, people have no problem with Iggy Azalea. No longer relevant. All right, got it. Thank you, guys. Uh, that, those were all the ones that I wanted to try out. Y'all have been great. My name's Dom Jellen. Thank you so much. I have like two more minutes? Yeah. Shit, all right, cool. Uh, natural habitat. Yeah. <laughs> one last one, because I've been trying to work this one out. Uh, one, uh, natural habitat is a place where white people solved racism because they voted for Obama, but also they're relieved that he isn't such a nigger. Uh, and they say it with the ER because they mean it. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> or the natural habitat is a place like San Francisco where people don't fucking flush. Uh, which is not okay. I, I have a problem with San Francisco's selective flushing system. Um, the, <laughs> I think it's really weird. You guys have that, like, if it's yellow, let it mellow rule. If it's brown, flush it down. Uh, and, yeah, no, that's fucking disgusting, right? Like, that's how Europeans got the bubonic plague in the first place. Yeah. It was just, like, white people being like, let's be hippies, and it's like, no, you're dirty, take a shower. Uh, <laughs> The first time I said that joke, the people who yelled at me about it, of course, were white kids with dreads. And I just want you guys to know that if ever I go on a murderous rage, or rather, if I become a villain in a comic book story, my origin story is definitely gonna be a massacre of white kids with dreads. Yes, thank you. Yes. yes. In fact, I'm recruiting tonight. You can join my fucking army. And I, will, I won't even limit you. You can scalp them, you can stab them. I don't give a fuck. You just get rid of them. Or so, maybe some of you are more merciful and you just want to cut off their hair and give them a shower. That's fine, too. I don't care. It just needs to stop. All right, that's my time. Now that I've gone on a hate rage. Thank you. Yay, Dom! Yay! I ate hippies, too. All right. That was, that was cool. It was great to see you, meet you. First Thanks. time first time here? 
Uh, first time, okay, first yeah. time seeing you and all that. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're obviously been at this. Before. You're not like brand new or anything, right? Uh, to San Francisco, yeah. Well, not to comedy. No. Okay, because yeah, you had great. Deliver- you're very calm and just cool, collected up there and did your thing. Thanks, man. It was great. Uh, the fucking white person, people with dreads thing is great. I've tried to make jokes about it, but it doesn't work because I'm white. But uh, <laughs> maybe throwing something about scalping. If you want to go on a murderous rampage or something like that, like talking about scalping and like how uh, the Redskin, Washington Redskins logo and is is oh, insensitive. Shit. Be like, well, I'm going to try to rep- just try to work because I'm going to replace it with, uh, you know, scalping these white fucking lib- liberal hippies with their, their dreads or something like that. Also, don't take too much of my advice. I'm not I'm great at this. writing everything. But that was great. There was a bunch of great jokes in there. But awesome. Thank, uh, welcome. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you. Hey. hey. It was a great set. Um, that's gone again. <laughs> okay, okay, you you just like leaning into it. Yeah, you've been was, staring into everybody else's eyes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you make me nervous. No pressure. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that was a great set. Um, I don't know where where you're comparing San Francisco to, and but I grew up here. But I something that annoys me about what you're talking about is people think when they're romanticizing people for being like other, that that isn't in itself sometimes racist, for like being from another country or being right. different, you know? And I get funny comments because I have curly hair, but I'm white. So people will say like funny things oh, to like, me. like, where are you from? Or like, or what, what are, are you? you? Yeah. Or, oh, I thought you were mixed race. Or, oh, like, yeah. Or funny things. So I don't know like if you've heard comments where people are actually thinking that they're being, um, on your team almost okay. but the way that they're doing that is like oh it, they're blowing it i don't right. know if you've heard that because i've just noticed that before a lot thank you yeah, yeah I, I i have a theory i have a theory that it's more funny if you beat up on people when they really deserve it okay and so i think if you just gave us one more little notch of how horrible these people these white people white with kids dreads with are, dreads? just to, you know, just one you know, they're an asshole in their fashion bad bad fashion sense but just you know, just one more little dig before you kill them. Okay. You know, so you're saying, like, I'm operating on the assumption that they're, like, inherently pieces of shit, and you're saying I have to And that we all know it. And that we all yeah. know it. So just, just, just like, a, like a pep rally, you know, <laughs> like a demagogue. Like it's just, you know, if, you really, if you're going to really stick it to people, it's funnier if they clearly deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. okay? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> going off this first part of what you're saying, uh, you know, you can identify your victims, but they're, you know, they have a, or they, you're, you're picking your victims if they have a Dave Matthews tattoo, or you know what I mean, or ah, something like that, or just some kind of, yeah. like, he was asking for one more thing besides white okay. person with dreads, but, like, shitty, you know, the plugs, those irreversible hipster fucking decisions, something, yeah, just anything along those lines, because that's a, that's a great premise and all that, and you can definitely work. Thanks, man. This is really cool. We, but side note, uh, we don't actually. We have like the closest we come to this is like writers meetings. There's like three people in Miami. This is awesome. But <laughs> thank you. Sorry. Oh yeah, I've never seen anything like this either. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, also on the on the white people with dreads thing, like I, I really liked um, the part about uh, like that's how the bubonic plague started. Yeah. Like I'm thinking maybe more of the like like uh, he was talking about um, how you can give more examples of how they're awful like. Maybe uh, you could t- tell, talk more about like hippies back in what the when was that the 1600s? Oh yeah, like, like you could, like that might be a fun way to do it. What would like 16th century European hippies be? Yeah, like what were those hippies doing? Like what? <laughs> yeah, so so maybe something there. Also, uh, I love the the um, gay recruitment stuff. 
I was a little confused at how you got into that bit, but as soon as it got going, it was great. But I, I may just not have been following close enough. No, I, I didn't. I usually do like a bunch of shit before, so that makes sense that you were confused. Sorry. Right. No, no, it was still. It was. It, it didn't slow it down any. It just like maybe could have been Better. clearer the way the way it started. Uh, yeah. Or maybe not though. You, you didn't announce that you were lesbian, so it, it, oh, it, it right. was a little jarring. But like, but I mean, it takes two seconds. But that's also kind of annoying if you like. Identify yourself as a lesbian comic rather than a comic. Right. Because uh, you're just a comic, you know, whatever. But, uh, no, San Francisco, we're accepting. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I just, what he was saying is, I was like, oh, all of a sudden, I'm Craig Cave, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay. But yeah. I took a second, what it was. Hey, I think that's all I got. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, my pen's out of ink. Anybody got another one? I'm sorry that I could borrow. Oh, here we go. Are there more comments? Are we? Thank you guys. How are we doing? I, I, I'm repenting of that. Your 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 white people with dreadlocks was exactly perfectly right the way you did it, but maybe afterwards beat up on them a little more. Okay. You know, I think <laughs> they weren't you, dead enough, you guys. You know, I, I think I think your rhythm was just perfect the way it went. Your rhythm, your natural rhythm on that. Yeah. And don't mess that up. But you know, but kill them. You know, it's not because, you know, just one more twinge on them. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, just a general principle that they need to deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we're all on the same page about white kids with dreads. Uh, that makes me feel really happy inside. Yeah, they're, they're gross. Uh, but you're not. Hey, everybody, clap your hands again. It's Dom. Yay. I so you are listening to Mutiny Radio.fm. It's the Joke Workshop every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. And our next comedian, he is a stalwart here at the workshop. Put your hands together, everyone, and clap them in a wild, like, slappy fashion for Ken Suzuki. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. Good to see you guys. I love Mutiny Radio. I really do. Yes. Just just this whole place. Like, what... When people ask me to describe Mutiny Radio, I don't know what to say. Like, we got over here, we have this, like... Rainbow didgeridoo, fucking dead animal skeleton, an effigy to a dead animal skeleton, tribal artwork, dragon balls slash anal beads. I like to think of this place as like a meeting of the rejects of Bohemian Grove. You know, the New World Order's Burning Man. Weren't there for the plot of 9-11, just for the beatless plots that would eventually take place. I don't know. Uh, I have jokes, I should probably tell them. I'm trying to workshop. Oh, uh, we talk about race a lot, and I've said this last week. I think you cannot be racist if you have a dick. Just hear me out, hear me out. There was a nursery rhyme my dad used to tell me every night before going to bed. He used to tell me, now remember son, no matter the color, if the pussy is right, we all come white. Oh. Wow. And I'll be fair, he was a fucking archaeologist. He backed it up with ancient symbols, man. He was like, look at the ancient symbols. Like, look at this. Look at this, this circle thing right here, or the yin-yang sign. Look at it. It's just a big old interracial 69. God. I don't know, we live in a sexualized society. We live in a, a sexualized society. Um, and that's good, actually. But there are certain things that, that there are consequences that you always are going to have, whether it be STD or single uh, single moms or teenage pregnancy. And I don't know if all the solutions are going to work. Like some people say that that reality show from MTV was at 16 and pregnant is going to cure uh, teenage pregnancy. 
I disagree. I think the only thing that uh, 16 and Pregnant has done is lower the casting age for MILF porn. Uh, I don't know comedy. I'm not the best at it. I'm up here, but I believe in the model. I believe in the model, fake it to, till you make it. That is the key to success. Fake it till you make it. And I believe in that model so much, that's the only piece of sex advice I give my girlfriend. Oh. In uh, current events, you guys hear about Whole Foods uh, announcing that it will be uh, opening a new chain of discount food stores. What? Fractional foods. <laughs> I like to get philosophical. I want to get philosophical with you guys. I love the, you know, the classic. I love reading Nietzsche, Camus. I even wrote my own thesis. Um, I wrote my own treatise on nihilism. It contains nothing. Uh, don't read my one on existentialism. The thesis is just made up. Oh, I uh, have started writing a joke on assisted suicide, but I find I need a hand finishing it. Now, if your suicide is assisted, though, can you really say you've killed your, or can they really say you've killed yourself? You'll be dead. Can you really say you've killed yourself, though? I mean, isn't that like getting self-help from a self-help book? <laughs> and in San Francisco, I'm new here. I'm getting to like it. I feel like the techie culture, the startup, the yuppies have really um, come one with the scene. For example, I've got an idea for a new app that I'd like to market. Come up from, with an idea for an app that use the GPS locator on your phone to then tell you all of, the, all of the places within your area for you to effectively kill yourself. Because you never know, like that bridge might look like a perfect, perfect spot, but it may just not be the right height for someone of your size and weight. You know, that intersection you think is great, but traffic just isn't, that, isn't the best that time of day. You need to know these things when plotting. And there are some pros and cons to suicide. The biggest pro, though, and I, I believe the biggest upside to suicide is this, that if you kill yourself, there's never any ambiguity about who wins the breakup. <laughs> I mean, the answer is very clear. She may have won by default, or that he may have won by default, but guess who gets to go away with the peace of mind? <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Suzuki with puns. Now with puns. Ken Suzuki. I love puns, so I know a lot of people poo-poo them, but I am That's all my about. Favorite form of humor. So sorry. I love. I love them too. No, no. I'm saying I think that puns. I love it when people. I always laugh at puns. I thought that fractional, Whole Foods and fraction was very, very funny, and all of your existential material. I liked all of that very, very much. So. Keepers. I can, you, can always, you can always play with a joke and find whether it was better by flopping it around and switching the order. So when you made that, you come white, and then afterward you said, my dad was an archaeologist. Try saying before that that he was an archaeologist. Okay. And then the cheap pun, you see, after he, was, he really knew his stuff, and so he said, they come white. It's just more of a surprise coming out of, coming out of his mouth. Wow. No, no. Yes, I started to try. You, you see what I'm saying? But, 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 but yeah, because what you did was it's coming out of his mouth, and then you said, but, but he was a very distinguished guy. See, 
flop mm-hmm. that around and see how it works. Okay. okay. The other thing is, I noticed that you're saying some of your punchlines as questions. Listen to that. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, you be the judge. But just technically, you're doing a, a question rising inflection. Okay. Uh, and whether you're doing that by habit or intention, I don't know. Okay. That's, thanks. That's Is there, more? Is there any more? He's getting off too easy. That was pretty easy. He got off pretty easy. Uh, uh, that's what she said. Uh, but did, did you, was there anybody else have comments for Ken? No. I thought, I thought um, your personality was much more relaxed this week. You, you're starting to get like that whole like figuring out what your comedy voice is. I think that that's becoming more solidified for you. So yay, Ken Suzuki. Clap again for Ken. Yay. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next comedian, he used to live in Seattle, and I think he lives here now, which is very exciting for all of us. Uh, he, and he has the clothing. He has the clothing for this new inclement weather because he lived up there. Uh, hey, guys. Really funny guy. Put your hands together. It's Mauricio. Oh, yes. Ah, thank you. Cracking. Oh, my God. This is insane. And we got the genius Paul Sanford, man. I can't wait for my advice. <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. I like that when people look at me, they're like, man, Mauricio's ready for the winter. No, this is my personal fuck you to white kids with dreadlocks right here, man. Like, this has nothing to do with winter. This is how much I have to say about, like, how my fuck you to every, like, rich white person alive, you know? This is part of that, you know? One thing I can't stand is uh, when I'm wearing this sweater on Hate Street, there'll be one motherfucker with dreadlocks, white kid, right? He's just like, right on, man. Right on, brother. I'm like, this has nothing to do with us, man, <laughs> you know? This is cashmere back in my country, all right? I'm brown. It's supposed to go on me. It's like, you know what this is saying? If I don't have enough for a sandwich, I'm kidnapping you. On, you know, that's all I'm fucking saying. Little guru from McDonald's, you know, yeah, can't take it, man. It's like a lot of bullshit out there. One thing I can't stand right now is like, I really am on this kick, man. It's like, I do not like the way we view women, guys. Wow, I'm alone in this one, huh? I thought I at least get two going to porn. Yeah, there. I cannot stand this, man. Like, I really, I think we need to stop focusing on Beyonce's ass, guys. There's two things about it. One, she's pregnant, and where I come from, we call that damaged goods. <laughs> and number two, when she's shaking it at her ass, she could get pregnant one more time. Why would you want that, man? It's like, do you realize that, like, my semen is Mexican, so she will get pregnant. You know, that's a big scare for me when anybody's shaking their ass, man. That's all I think about, man. Every time I see a girl in yoga pants, I'm like, she's going to get pregnant if I fuck her, man, you know? And I'm not even bragging about my penis because it's medium size, you know? <laughs> Last time I did that, I got kicked out, so no. <laughs> it's medium size. I still believe if your penis is over 10 inches, you've probably been in jail and beat your wife. So it's like, you know, I like where I'm at, man. I'm humble, you know? But it's like, that's the one thing. It's like, that's what scares me. It's like, one thing I, I, one thing I like saying is like, I will only have sex now for love or money. I'm there, guys. I did it. I matured, you know? I will only have sex for love or money. Like, uh, one thing that I'm all about is, like, those uh, women in the marina. Damn, man, that, that's my clutch right there, you know, to making it in this life. I didn't graduate. I barely graduated high school. I didn't go to college, so that's my only fucking shot, man, that or this, right? And uh, one of my techniques that I do when I get that one girl from the marina and we go back to her spot, 
I turn the lights off and I open a Twix bar and pretend that it's a condom. <laughs> you guys ever done that, right? Oh, that's I'll, brilliant. Yeah, I'll go in there and I'm like, oh my God, this is hot. <sighs> and right before I'm about to come, I'm like, wait, um, that picture with you and your dad on that boat, he owns it, right? She's like, yeah, why? Oh, no reason. Oh. <laughs> man, I have been to a lot of Twix bars in the marina, man, which is making me feel like I'm starting to think that I might be sterile. So it's like, shit, man, I better get that looked out, you know? And uh, what thing about, like, what thing I thought would be crazy is like I would be that one guy on the Mari Povich show, you know, that actually is looking forward for the girl to be pregnant, right, you know? And the only thing that would piss me off in that scenario, like, Mauricio, you are not the father. I'm like, fuck, all right. God damn it. That was it. That was the one I was going for. And they're like, let's bring out the real father. And it's this fucking shitty comedian named Dro Nose. <laughs> and he comes out and he comes out eating like a butterfinger. I'm like, fuck, man. God, I hate that guy, you know? <laughs> I can only have sex for love too, man. That's the big thing. Cause uh, there's a couple of things that fucked up with my brain. Uh, French poetry, I'm very into French poetry, so that's a big thing of mine, you know? And the second thing is I finally met that one percent on the condom wrapper. Have you guys read that, right? We call it like the illusion, right? There is a percentage on a condom that the girl will get pregnant, guys. I met that guy. He's like, hey, I'm that 1%, guys. And I'm like, oh, this is the worst PBR of my life. Damn. It's over, you know? It's time for Buddhism or something. You know? All right. Well, I guess I just got the honk. All right, I guess I like saying this. Uh, man, this is one of my favorite drinking spots. Uh, I feel like Toby Keith right now. I love this uh, somewhat bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I vow to vote Republican here in the next election and take down the Dixie Chicks one more time. Fuck them. Am I right, guys? <laughs> All right, my name is Mauricio. Thank you. Oh, yes. Mauricio. Great opener. You're great. You're wonderful. I always love you. Uh, one of the things about comedy is that it's both logical and illogical at the same time. So when you talk about you're Mexican, so you're hyper-fertile, and then you say, but I might be sterile, that's great. But just that's a little tweak you could enjoy with us. Oh, okay. You know, that you have that kind of... And then you say, I wouldn't want to get Beyonce fertile, and then, but I would fuck for money, and if I got her fertile, I'd have a baby with a, with a millionaire... You know, okay. so, so but it, you know just what you said, but you have a little tweak that you realize what. You, hey, wait, that wait. Ordinarily, that makes sense with Beyonce getting her knocked up might be cool. You know. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna cut that line out because I know half the room's like, "You're Mexican. We know you're not sterile." Let's. You know, yeah, well, well, I just but, caught myself but, on that. But one, that's you know? exactly that's exactly it. See, I'm worried that yeah. I might stare and say, and then you say, "Hey, I'm Mexican. You know, I might not be sterile." That's like, that's exactly what I'm saying. See, I just caught myself on stage. I was like, "Wait." Me blacks and me and white people are sterile. I was like, oh shit, I'm Mexican, yeah, man. Like, right, right. <laughs> but that's that's exactly what I mean. Don't take the joke out. Do the turnaround in the act. I'm glad that we had this talk. I had this line where, I, like, even if I got Beyonce like pregnant, I would just leave. I need to bring that back. You know. Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever. But you you have a logic and an illogic, and there are contradictions within what you just said about getting people pregnant, wanting to, not wanting to, thinking you're sterile, not thinking you're sterile, and those are great. And it's just a moment to you're right to, yeah. to, to to pop it out in you know. Okay. You follow? And yeah, I, I get it, man. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I'm uh -oh. I'm confused because if they're shaking the booty and then they're gonna get pregnant, is it 
you're not you can't get pregnant from sticking it in their booty. No, but uh, unless the unless the semen like drips down from their butt and somehow gets into their vagina, unless your semen is so virile. Well, every time you're like watching that hip hop video, I don't think they always mean the booty. I think that they mean that they're gonna like fuck her, you know. And I was like, all right, this is like how it's actually gonna go down. Like, hey, spoiler alert: <laughs> pregnancy happens, guys. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, I had a couple of questions. Uh, well, actually, the first one was more of a comment. At the beginning when you're talking about uh, your jacket and this guy's like, hey man, uh, when you say it has nothing to do with us, maybe you could do it like, it has nothing to do with you. Like, there's no we. I think you're trying to do this disconnect. Well, brown people and white people, that's what it meant. Right, sorry, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I guess, like, you're, I, I think you're, sh- you're aiming for a disconnect and then you say us and it makes me feel like, oh, there's an us. Well, yeah, brown people. Yeah, my country. We actually <laughs> make these, you know. Um, and then I was curious to know what your like, you know, like, oh, okay, you're gonna fuck for love. There's one percent. Like, I'd be curious to hear about your description. Like, well, my what description take, on love. Yeah, like, what would it take for you to fuck somebody for love and like, act, you know? And, just and a kind of- soul, man. I just don't run into them, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the whole logic, man. Everyone's under a whole bullshit career thing, and it's stupid. And uh, one day I can't. I literally lived a fast life, and I can't wait till you all get your dreams broken so we can meet at the middle. Like that's <laughs> literally all I'm fucking there, doing, man. That's a great joke. That's the one. That's, yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love this mic. Oh. And, um, you said in passing. In like the with be- Pam, it would be for love. How about that? Oh. Yeah. Uh, so in your. Shut up. <laughs> so, so, Sanford, you had enough time on the I, mic. I have, an, I, have an, I have an IUD. I'm practically sterile. Um, in the beginning, you were in your opener, which was so funny about the dreadlock people and that you hate. You said guru from McDonald's. Is yeah, that a reference to, to the McDonald's? It is. Okay, okay. Them, yeah. yeah, so I, I thought it was that, but I was like, I love the concept of the guru of McDonald's. And I knew where you were going yeah. with that, but I feel like... Other people will need more explanation, and the yeah. explanation you give will be even funnier. Because if you're like on a rant like that, that is true, and you start talking about those trustafarian dickbags that just go and they like use their dad's credit card to buy thirty six dollars of McDonald's, but really they're vegan, right? Or yeah, they've yeah. got like the, I mean, dreadlocks all are vegans, right? I don't know. Yeah, and they're from Walnut Creek. I found out. I found out that a lot of poor people in the city are actually rich, which fucks with my head every day absolutely well they yeah. just they just don't want to live by their parents rules so they just take their parents money and go to hate street and then they get a dog god how are we not robbing these people guys whoever's poor out there if you're listening america there's a lot of rich white kids for the taking let's do this together you know you could round them up in like a in like a butt you could be the new um the new immigration you know the new the new like uh I what should just tell my cousin about this. Look, there's all these white kids for the pickings to kidnap. Let's do this. Yeah. One, you just one, need one a, You world. just need a green van, just like the Immigration, and then yeah. be like, come, we're taking you back to Walnut Creek, and then you hold them for ransom. And then we could get Ken to drive, man. That'd be insane. You know, We would pull this shit off, you know? <laughs> he, he, he doesn't look like someone I'd pull over. He looks pretty Yeah, man, he looks like he's friendly, whatever. He might buy me a beer, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Other comments for Mauricio, the very funny Mauricio? All right. All right. Mini Radio, I love you. Music's a little weird today about that choice, but uh, it's the Buttercream Gang. I just like the name of the band. All right. Our next comedian, uh, very funny lady. I love her last name. I just absolutely... 
I can't imagine how much you must have gotten made fun of as a child. Please put your hands together. It's Allison Hooker. Fuck yeah, I was made fun of. I had to put my first initial and last name on my gym clothes in junior high. So it just said, a hooker all over me. That's what I was. <laughs> but I like it. I like the attention, I think. So I, I like want the deals at Walgreens, but I don't want to give them all my information. Like I don't want to be advertised to and stuff. So when I go in there, like, when I was with my ex, I would just put his phone number in because he was already like a, a member of their club. And then when we broke up, I just kept putting his phone number in, whatever. I want the two bucks off, I don't care about the points. And then he changed his number and people started saying, thank you, Patricia. And I was like, whatever, so I'm Patricia at Walgreens. Like, I'm good with that. And I knew, I was always expecting it, I was ready for it, it never surprised me. Then I went in Walgreens with a friend of mine, we were buying a case of beer. And the woman was like, you Patricia? And I just nodded, and my friend's looking at me like, <sighs> and she goes, you're gonna have to fill out a form. I was like, oh no, that's okay, I don't, want, I don't want the form. She's like, oh no, but we changed our points program, you need to uh, just check this box and sign here. And I felt like I was like too deep in the lie to back out there. <laughs> so I totally like checked the box and signed Patricia, and I didn't know my, my last name at Walgreens, so I just scribbled in something. And my friend's just looking at me like, the fuck are you doing? Like signing papers that I'm someone else. I started kind of worrying about Patricia. I was like, what if I'm fucking up her life? <laughs> like who's Patricia? What if she's like married and trying to have kids and she keeps earning points for condoms <laughs> and like the morning after pill? <laughs> or like I'm fucking up her whole marriage. Or she's like a recovering alcoholic and she keeps getting points for handles of liquor. And like she got sent back to rehab and she's not with her kids anymore. I was like, fuck, poor Patricia. But you know, I mean, at this point, I still want the couple bucks off. I'm not gonna give them all my information now. <laughs> so I just keep going with it. But I kind of have this little lying problem with things that don't matter. Like I'm addicted to lying to my boss to the point that even when things are real, I can't really, I can't tell him the truth. So there was this day where I had a couple of friends staying with me who were traveling through and they woke up in the morning and they had this great plan. They were gonna go to Golden Gate Park and go surfing and lunch at a place I loved. And I was like, oh man, I do not wanna go to work today. Like I really don't wanna go to work today. I was like, I should call in sick. But then we sat there and talked about it too long to the point where like I was gonna be late to work anyways. And you can't call in sick like 15 minutes before work starts, you know? And I ride my bike to work, um, so I told my boss that I got hit by a car. And I told him I was okay. I was like, I'm totally fine, but I just wanna go get an x-ray. I got hit by a car on my bike, because he knows I bike to work every day. And he was like, oh my gosh, just keep me posted when you can come in. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. So then throughout my day off, I had to like keep him posted. I was texting him things like, still at the waiting room. <laughs> Or like, yeah, doctor says I should get an x-ray, but we're waiting on the, like, uh, technician. I was just kind of like, dry. like, he was really fucking up my day off, you know? <laughs> and so the next day I go to work, and I was like, well, I can't just, like, bounce into work like I'm fine. So I rode my bike to, like, a couple blocks away, and then I wrapped a tank top around my knee and put my pants on so you could see a bulge, so it kind of looked like I had a brace. 
And I like limped the last couple blocks, like just a little limp, not too much, you know, I didn't want to go too far. Gotta make it believable. <laughs> and I kind of like cruise into work and I, I teach English as a foreign language to adults. And all the other teachers were like, oh my God, Allison, we're so glad you're okay, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I am, you know? And I just like, I didn't even expect to do this, I hadn't planned on it, but I started giving details they weren't even asking for. I was like ex describing the person who hit me and the car and where it was and, and how the person was turning right and where I was riding. Like, the guy took me to the hospital. He was a nice guy. Like, I, I had this whole elaborate story. And then I just went with it. I was like, fuck it. This is a good lesson. Like, it, like when things are in English that are exciting for my students, they're going to remember them a lot more, learn a lot more. So I just started lying to everybody. I went into each of my classes and I would like sit in a chair, like, all right, you guys, uh, my knee's not doing the best. So I'm going to have to sit today. And I had them all rearrange their desks so they were around me in a new way, and I told them all the stories. So I was lying to like 240 people at the end of the day. <laughs> but at that point, I was like so deep in it, you know? I, think. I mean, you guys saw how that started. I, I had to, really. I didn't, you can't go part way. <laughs> but the problem is, is that now when it's the truth, I, I'm like, this isn't believable. When, when the true things aren't believable. So. The doctor uh, thought that I had a heart murmur, so I had to go in for an echocardiogram. My heart's fine in the end, but uh, I couldn't tell my boss that I needed to do that. I was like, I mean, that's not even believable. Anyone could just say that, they need, a, they need an echo. So I went in and I was, I was tripping out about that the boxes you have to fill in for how much uh, you drink every week. I'm like, what, am I gonna pull out like, my calculator and make an extra box so it can be three digits? Like, it's too much. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, oh, 14 already sounds like a lot. That's good. Um, but then, you know, I, then when they do, I don't know if anyone's ever had this done, but your back is to the doctor when they're starting out with the pictures, and then they roll you over onto your back so you can see the sonogram machine. And usually people are looking at their babies in this. And I totally was just looking up, like, adoringly at my own heart. <laughs> and that's when I realized I was a little too self-centered to ever have kids, because I was like, wow. Look at it beating. That's amazing. I was really into it. Anyways, thanks, guys. Allison, Hooker, stay up there. Yay. I was so into your story that I gave you an extra minute and a half. I forgot to honk you. I was so into your story. I liked it so much that I completely lost track of time. Oh, thank you. So that's a good thing. I like your story. I just noticed a few points that you could just maybe touch on that... Uh, within it one was um technically you're committing forgery yeah when you're lying so you're like and that was my my first you know dip into like the underworld or just a quick little quip there but also talk about lying has a lot of good and positive implications when you said this is a good this is a good lesson for teaching the kids just they're gonna remember more and then talk about how oh you know lying lying's actually very useful and this is proof that if you lie you oh, no, actually I didn't do. tell them I was lying. No, no, you, you're not, you didn't tell them you were lying, but you could tell us that the positive uh, benefits of lying far outweigh the costs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool, thanks. Uh, when you started on your lying story, um, and I loved the lying story, I feel like you could have one, two, or three, like, really grand, like a small lie, and then like two grandiose, like one-liner lies before you get into the story. Okay. So like, just to lead us in, like, I mean, sky's the limit. You can lie however you want. But um, <laughs> because I, I loved the story, but having your opener with the lying, just like, you know, 
two quick throwaways like okay you know my but you can't use the grandma died line because that's you can only use that once you know but like <laughs> grandiose things yeah okay cool let me just reframe this because it's brilliant it's great it's magnificent comedy it's not really storytelling what it is is a rolling premise is you have a rolling premise that you're a liar, you become a better liar, you got stuck in being a liar, you got a more enormous lie, and so you're building one lie joke on top of the other. Mm -hmm. It just builds, 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 builds that way. It's a story, but it's it's a premise that how I became a better liar and learn how I learned to embrace being a great liar. You know, and and we, we we get into it with you. You bring us into your mind. It's great. It's really great. The only part of it that would sharpen it up is comedy. And when you listen to it, you listen that as you got farther along, you started pointing the important words better. You said 240 people. And, you, and at other times you said, uh, had a heart murmur. You know, you have, if, you, if you just make sure you make the really crucial words good and strong and clear, and then you don't have to beat them up, but just give a little extra energy to them, it sharpens up what you're doing better. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So I told, I told my boss I got hit by a car. Well, I told my boss I got hit by a car. See? And just that little bit punctuates it and tells us where it, it tells us, laugh. it brings us in. Yeah, it tells us where the laughs are, but it doesn't beat us up with them. Okay. Uh, I told the boss I got hit by a car. You know, anything to give it a little extra, that key word, a little extra energy. Okay, cool. Look, look at it, because as you went along, you did that better and better. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, because I'm stupid, I forgot what joke it was, but who's, what, about Patricia? Um, it's just that I put an old phone number in my ex my right. ex husband. You could you could dig and like really like who is Patricia and like because you're going there like I wonder whatever and really dig into like and it turned into this existential thing where you have to find out who she is or just whatever and it, it kind of ver it veers from the joke you have already but uh, I just I just thought that I was like yeah this this person this whoever you know you're somehow connected and you want to fucking figure it out and like how it might drive you manic just trying to find out who Patricia is and all that it's still a great joke how you yeah. have it set up and all that but that's just an idea that's it totally yeah, yeah. thanks yay Allison Hooker oh there she quick. is okay cool because uh, I fucking loved it yay um, yeah so I was totally with you on the Patricia story and I and I I, I remember feeling like there was gonna be more to it, because okay. um, I think, you know, like you said, you started off with like, who is Patricia? And so I kept thinking that like, you were gonna call her back, like maybe Patricia's the one who hit you with her car, oh, or, you know what I mean? Like, cool. I thought nice. she was gonna, I thought she was gonna come back, but I really, I really loved Ooh, Patricia, I like and I liked the, yeah, and since you're lying anyway, like, fuck it, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um, I also, uh, let's see, Oh yeah, what did you end up telling your boss about the heart murmur? Like that, I, it, it's. Oh well, I, yeah, I knew I didn't have a lot of time, but I, um, I couldn't take time off for something that I actually had to go do. So I was like working my the schedule for the echo around my work schedule. I was like, oh, that's so you not just didn't work. even take time. That's off. not gonna work. No, I had to like rush there after work right before they closed. Like, Oh Beat me, beating yeah. my heart too fast. I think you could probably mention I that because really it, it seemed to yeah. me that like maybe you just told your boss another lie and I was like, wait, what was the other lie? But if you actually ended up like not even taking off work for it, that's even fucking funnier. Yeah. Um, and imagine. yeah, cool. I, I really enjoyed it. So, woo. Thank you. Yeah. Yay. Hooker. Final thing 
place like Lucy with the chocolates and the conveyor belt, where you get this lie going and it just picks up its own energy and it carries away with it. So telling that you had to rush it like that, it just, just kind of finishes it off. Okay. Finishes it off, yeah. Allison, yay! That's really great with the A hooker on the back of your thing too. It's, that was real, that's fucking hysterical. Uh, hey, your next comedian, you guys, he is another stalwart here at the Joke Workshop. Put your hands together, it's Tommy McGuire! Hey kids, how you doing? No, killing them already. Uh, a couple people already mentioned it, but I think I finally figured out what the fuck this art piece is, man. It's some kind of like, uh, like feminist epitaph. I'm not sure, I don't understand feminism very well, so that's, I don't understand this, but I realize there's no glass ceiling. Hey. Hey. Hold on, hold on, it's cool. I still fucking hate it. I fucking hate artists. I consider myself one. I've been to art school twice. I haven't gotten any degrees. I didn't like go back to get another. I just failed twice. Like I was fucking, and it was literally, it was just about who I was surrounded by. And I was just like, I don't want to be you. And I just was like, eh. you know, like, it's like going, like when you found, you know, you got a corn CD from your older cousin or some shit. And you're just like, yeah, this shit's sick. You know, whatever. And you're like, I'm going to go to the concert. You go to the concert. Like, ah, oh, fuck out of here, man. You guys are dorks. All right. Enough riffing. Cool. Glad that one went over well. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of chivalry, man. Um, hey! Right? Th- or thank you. And <laughs> Tommy, yeah. I love your hair, girl. Uh, it's too bad you're white. Uh, anyways, where was I going? All the blood rushed from my head. Uh, no, I'm a big fan of chivalry. And it's not, like, I love opening old, uh, holding open doors, man. It just makes me feel good. You know what I mean? And it's not because I think they're the weaker sex. They can't open a door for themselves or anything like that. I just like to do it. It's like putting on like a suit jacket for a date or just going out to dinner. I just feel nice. It just feels good to be old-fashioned and classy. You know, it's, I, I, I like it, but uh, that's the way I was growing up. My dad taught me all that stuff. You know, be chivalrous. You know, take care, take care of a woman when you can or whatever. Uh, but he was one thing he was always harping about was, I mean, he yelled at me about this more than anything uh, other than like turning his tools into bongs. But like, He's always was yelling about, Le- you left the toilet seat up again, Tommy. You left the goddamn toilet seat up again. Now, I get it. But my mom kept falling in the fucking toilet. Now, is it really my fault that I left the toilet seat up, or is mom a fucking dumbass? Like, how many times do you have to have a soggy bottom before you check the goddamn toilet? Before Did she just look up at the ceiling and just fuck? I don't know. I got, I'm thinking about work, act out for that. It's not going to work, but I, uh, I'm going to need to change that one. Yeah, thank you. Have my own uh, intervention about that. Um, I was here I was here like two weeks ago, and I was outside smoking a cigarette, and this dude comes up to me, just random comic and all that. He's like, hey, man, can I get a bump? I was like, a bump? What? Nah. What? He was like, can I bump, man? I'm like, nah, man. He's like, dude, why do you think I got coke? He's like, man, you go in the bathroom just every time, you, just before you go on, and you come out all hyped. I'm like, man, I'm not doing coke. I'm listening to rap music, dude. What's fucking wrong with you? That's my coke. Rap is way better than coke, dude. Doesn't give you a hangover. Makes you feel good about yourself. Listen to some mystical next time you get the urge to fucking do some coke, man. Fucking, I don't know. I ain't got no coke for you, but I can sell you these beats. Mm, it's two little two-on-Zs, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Uh, you know, vote yes on Prop G. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of good tags for that, but it didn't really work. Um, what anything else? All right. Uh, I'll leave you with, with this one, guys. Uh, now, San Francisco, it's been in the news a lot. Um, that poor woman lost her life. Uh, and they're talking about, and a lot of uh, proponents of this being a sanctuary city. Um, we, you know, we, we, we take all whole masses on all that stuff. It's very American. It's very cool. But I'm kind of sick of it, man. I, 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 I fucking live here in the mission, and I fucking walk around, and I see it every fucking day, man. The sanctuary sh city shit has gone too fucking far. I'm sorry. I know I'm the bad guy. I'm not, this isn't the popular opinion for the sanctuary sh city shit, but I, well, I'm, also, I'm not talking about the, like immigrants. That's, I'm cool with that. I, I love brown people. That's all good. I'm talking about the fucking sanctuary for these fucking goddamn grown-ass men on scooters and helmets. Really? You're 37 on a fucking scooter built for an adult, dude? You've just never been punched in the face before, have you? Well, you're about to get shoved off this fucking scooter real quick. Love the fucking uh, look of fear in her eyes, man. All right. That's it for me, guys. I got no tag on that one. I got to work on that, but all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Started strong. Started strong in a joke I can only do here. <laughs> I Realizing the limitations of Mutiny Radio, that was Tommy McGuire. <laughs> I like how when you begin a bit, then you give up on it, and then say it'll never work. <laughs> I've been side. doing that. Right, I've been, I've been a little bitch-ass motherfucker balls. lately. I've given up on bits, which is just it, it, its just the wrong thing to do. It's kind of sacrilege. You just, I just got to go for it and finish it and like eat shit the whole time. I just well, I get scared. I'm sensitive. Well, that could be that could be a character you play, but then you do that, make that like a closing killer like punchline as you do it, because the whole thing about the toilet seat was where you decide to say fuck yeah. it and you gave up. That has a lot of room. Yeah, I that, and a lot of potential to it. I I, I put the wrong p pieces together. I didn't put the do bang bang bang. I kind of mismatched it, so I just that that got in the back of my head. So then I was like, wait, where, where am I? So I, I just kind of got lost in that one because I didn't hit the A B C D. Um, but and like. So I want to be like, yeah, I mean, maybe my mom's a jackass. And I thought about an act out where, like, or, or women or just anyone are just, like, not looking where they took it. Is that a women's thing? I'm, I don't understand. I like that you say right after your chivalry joke, too. I yeah. take a shit on women, which is Well, yeah, that's also my mom. I'm calling yeah. my mom a fucking dipshit because uh, she's kind of, well, but anyways, moving on. And after that, you have your joke about uh, rap music and getting hyped up. And you yeah. say mystical. Yeah. Which I think... Like maybe you don't have to make it elaborate. Talk about how like you'll have the as you're walking out of the bathroom to the mic, you have the lyrics in your mind like move, bitch, yeah, nothing yeah. can stop you. That's okay. ludicrous, but okay. Huh? That's ludicrous, but okay. Get out the way. No, featuring mystical. Okay. Yeah. Say when I get my dick sucked. What I are you doing? Was it okay? My bad. My bad. No, all right. Fucking Asian man knows his raps too. It's cool. Only half Asian. <laughs> Check it, but all right. I'm only half it. white. <laughs> I'm as white as Obama. All right, uh, I only have one critique, man. Every time I see you, you have this 8 out of 10 ratio that your ideas work, and you doubt yourself, so I guess, yeah. like, don't doubt yourself, but mainly it's like, I learned this technique when I was younger, you explain a lot, and I think it would help you if you underline the punchline and see all the detail ahead. Like, uh, I don't know, there's just something, sometimes where I just want to, like, hear the punchline quicker. Yeah, I, yeah. I meander a lot, because, like, sometimes I get good shit off of riffing, but... I need what I need to do is actually memorize what I write when I write a joke. I I write it five times, take out all the fat, and then I, I literally I capitalize. Yeah, the words I want to hit. Well, you like kind of like apologize in the middle of it. I'm like just say yeah. it. You know? Yeah, just yeah. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I also ha I'm I'm trying to calm down because when I get real excited and, and whatever, I get real wiggery, which is okay, <laughs> but it's like too much. You know, like too much mayo. But like, 
I uh, just I think you're too fine. Much, I, I don't want to have too much confidence because then it comes off like it's just kind of. Eh. Well, that's some philosophical I'm, shit. I'm yeah, just exactly. like I'm I just think uh, underline the punchline and see all your detail. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mirzo. Tommy, got Paul. Trust me, okay? I'm your friend, Always, right? I trust okay. you. Okay, now listen, listen. It's, you know, you're, you're having trouble ejaculating. Yeah. You're having trouble nutting yeah. on your jokes. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you back off, okay? Like now, when you were using the case, yeah. you were using the physical object of the case to discipline yourself. You had the joke, which yeah. was it had no glass ceiling, yeah. right? So you have no option but to follow through on your joke. Yeah. You had to have the courage and finish your joke the way you planned it. Yeah. Sometimes when you're doing the jokes, you kind of chicken out. Yeah. You kind of chicken out. I know you have the jokes in you. Yeah. All right? I know it, and I know that you just can't quite get the joke out the way you want it. I'm All 35. Right? I'm starting not to so know. I don't always finish. So instead of labeling yourself or belaboring yourself, find the things like the glass case. Yeah. Find visuals find find something like the affect of it like how it feels find something for each joke that defines that joke for you yeah. so that it's you like will deliver saying. it and not yeah. back off on it exactly just like mauricio said exactly just don't back off believe in your joke even if it's a shit joke deliver your joke that's the thing it's like when i get caught up it's yeah. just something in the back of my head like when i didn't deliver it a b c d i'm like already ki- fucking if you kiss fearing. a girl and apologize for kissing her at the same time <laughs> you're gonna screw it up just kiss her um and I, then I'm, afterwards I'm, I'm totally that dude okay but yeah, yeah don't just, have, just like is this okay but, but do the okay? glass ca- listen listen find the glass case image for the joke All find right. the thing that will focus the joke for you i get it this is my joke right here right. do it Okay. Thank you. Love you. Thank you, Paul. Love okay. you too, brother. Yeah. Um, are you from here? No, New York. Oh, okay. Um, been here 10 years, so I'm, I'm officially a local. Okay, and you're, you've been in the mission 10 years? Yeah. Okay, so maybe when you're like shitting on the people with the scooters and the helmets, like totally that's such that a up. funny yeah. image. But maybe you have like some personal encounter where one of them like almost hit you with a scooter. I've I've had I've I've pushed them off of scooters. Yeah. Well, longboards usually just put. Anyways, yeah, I've done that, and I don't want to tell that story because I'm I'm just an asshole. <laughs> oh no, I more meant like the way that they were mean to you. Just another way for us to like um, understand why you're so mad about them. Okay. Yeah. I get that. Like what they did to you? Well, I Besides have... Besides just looking like dipshits? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have a thing. Like I skateboarded in my whole life. I was a, uh, spit on as a skateboarder, literally beat up and all that stuff. And now everyone wants to be, everyone wants to be a skateboarder. And these are the same jocks that made fun of me. And now they're buying their electric longboards and fucking what all that garbage. Guys? And just because now they're like, oh, skating is cool. Skating fucking all the 90s shit that I've been into since the 90s <laughs> is cool. Now you're fucking aping on my shit. And now that's why I, front, I, I can flex them. I flex on every <laughs> longboarder I ever see. My favorite... Hey, you guys want to have a fun fucking party game. When you see a longboarder, if you're on a skateboarder, it works even better. You just go, hey, what's up? And they're like, yeah. And you go, eh. The fucking look of disappointment. Like they're just like, eh. I got to get, get it. It's just my, it's just little things I like, like my little meanies. I like being mean <laughs> and ruining people's days a little bit. Right. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, thank you. But I, make I get what you're saying. shittier first. Yeah, exactly. I got to find out. Like that's the thing is I, I'm so just talking like shit about longboarders, but you have to be like a skateboarder for 20 years to understand why they're fucking awful. And I don't, yeah, I got to like I mean, kind figure of, out a way to a surfer, reason. Yeah, exactly. Right. I yeah. taught people how to surf for a long time. Yeah, so I understand right. what you mean, but you got a good, yeah, core. Yeah. All right. Thank um, you. Appreciate it. I have, or you know what? I'll just go there. Yeah. There we go. Um, yes. Look into it. Yeah. Uh, I got one more on uh, the scooters. 
I, I, I feel like you could have, um, you set it up so that way people, of course, like think you're talking about immigrants, and then you're like, just kidding, I'm talking about scooters. I feel like that moment could have happened sooner in the joke, and yeah. so that way you can do parallels and basically say all the shit that you hate about people with scooters, but have it parallel all the shit that people say they're about why they hate jobs. refugees. Like, yeah, they're taking yeah. our jobs. I could have been that dude. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, So, uh, but I, I guess even if you don't do that last part, just to come out with the so that, part the sanctuary Because that's the thing. I, I just labeled sanctuary. I've been almost want to give up on that joke because I, I haven't been able to figure it out, but you guys like that enough to where I should just beef yeah. it up? Okay, cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, just to let you guys know, tomorrow is the 1st of December, and uh, Mutiny Radio is taking over the brainwash. Um, I have the first um, Tuesday of every month at Brainwash. It's an open mic showcase sandwich, so uh, sign-ups are at 6.30. There's an open mic from 7 to 8, and then from 8 to 9 is a great showcase with some of my favorite comedians, uh, drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. Uh, bar none, one of my favorite people on the scene. Uh, Iris Benson, all the way from the South Bay, and then also Joey Avery. So whenever I do first Tuesdays of the month, I give people like 10 to 15 minute long sets at Brainwash, which is unheard of for anybody else. Ha! We do things differently. Can I, can oh. I plug my show? Yeah, please, plug your show. Any of you listeners out there, uh, you're about to hear our opening act, but December 15th at the Parkside, San Francisco, Wisconsin, 17th, San Francisco, California, uh, on 17th of Wisconsin, 8 p.m., $5. I'm going to have a great show. I got me and Dave ho uh, hosting, Paul Sanford opening. I'll be doing some d dumb shit. I've got Jesse Hett. I've got Roman Leo. I've got Natasha Muse fe featuring, and the headliner is Kasim motherfucking Bentley. It's going to be a great fucking time. We got tater tots. We got booze. We got everything you need. Please come out d uh, December 15th, 8 p.m., the Parkside. See you there. Thank you. Uh, definitely go to the Parkside for Tommy McGuire's new show. He is burgeoning into the lands of producership. Uh, but tomorrow, just so you guys know, definitely go to the Brainwash. Two open mics and a showcase in the middle. And it's going to be really great. So. And this, this is a resurrection mic. Every single person in that show is much better than I am. Me too. I, absolutely guaranteed. Much better. So if you like me even just a little bit, you're going to love that show. <laughs> All right, put your hands together right now, everybody. It's time for Paul Sanford. Make friends, pass these cards out. We got listeners in Vacaville because we pass these out at the library there. Just go to somebody and say, hey, I'm passing out these cards. What are they? I don't know. I get, you know, I'm just passing out these cards. It's great. Hey, look, I have to do the Jurassic Park bit, okay? You're safe. This is not Jurassic Park comedy the comedian is not going to come off the stage and eat the tourists all right all right it's calm but it's it's wonderful i have so many friends in this room in fact i have all of my best friends in this room which is kind of sad <laughs> no but I, I i have i have so many friends because i love everybody and people are too polite to tell me what they think of me <laughs> but, but it is kind of tough. You guys, you guys, you know, you're, we're all so pretty, you know? And people pay attention to us because we're pretty. And, I, you know, we have this problem. Do people like me for who I am or for my good looks? It's, it's, no, but you may laugh at that, but I'm dating now. And six, and six and seven year old women, they look at me and they say, hmm, I want to knock off a piece of that if there is a piece of that. 
<laughs> you know, they say, yum. You know, you, you wait, you wait, you wait. 50 years from now, you'll look at me and you'll say he's dead. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I, I'm trying to calm down. Hey, you have face, friends on Facebook? Friends on Facebook is like cockroaches. A year ago, I had 300. Six months ago, I had 500. Then a month later, I had 800, then 900. Then two months ago, I had 1,000. Now I got 1,500. You know, and, and, and I pray at this rate, by the end of 2016, I will be Facebook friends with every person on the planet. It's really exciting. And, and, and so many of them are comedians from other cities. So I'm just waiting for the bookings to roll in. <laughs> but you know, so every now and then I meet somebody I don't get along with. There was this guy, and he didn't like me, because you know, well, because well, you know, because he was a jerk. Yeah, no two ways about it. He didn't like me because he was a jerk, and I didn't like him because he was a jerk. Let's move on. I got that backwards. The OK Cupid date. They asked me, "What's the longest relationship you've been in?" Ask me that, somebody. What's the longest relationship you've been in? This month. It's hilarious. They love that. Yeah, yeah. but you know, the nice thing is. 50 years ago, the young women of my generation, before the sexual revolution, no, I know I'm still revolting, but before the sexual revolution, the question was whether or not you got to touch any lady parts, you know? And now it's the same women, and it's the same question. But I have been assured that they are still in the same place. Oh, that's a groaner, that's a groaner, that's better than a joke. Uh, people tell me I'm just like Bernie Sanders. And it's true. I have no hair on top of my head. I have no foreskin. And, <laughs> and I have no chance of being president. <laughs> no, no, no. You say, oh, then you're for Hillary. No, 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 no. Hillary is going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory again. Uh, no, no. Somebody else is going to come up. And they're going to run. You know? And my bet is that Obama is going to run as a white man. Now, look how well-constructed that fucking joke was. Read them and weep all of you. And I heard that four, we have up to 4% Neanderthal in our bodies, and they just found a Neanderthal-human hybrid, you know, half of Neanderthal. And I said, how did that happen? Well, this, by the mitochondrial DNA, that's pretty classy. Wow, I'm too smart for this audience. By the mama DNA, this was the, the mother was the Neanderthal, which just goes to show you Homo sapiens men ain't fussy. <laughs> Did you get that joke? Do I have to work that joke out more? You know, okay. Well, that means, they, they, you know, Homo sapiens men will stick their dick in any woman, no matter how ugly she is, even if she is a Neanderthal. Is that disgusting? It's rude. It's rude? <laughs> Well, I mean, you think, how did this 4% get into us? It had really been troubling me. And I'm thinking, yeah, they just, they just fucked these women. And God knocked them. I don't know. See, that's terrible. I am working. We're at the workshop. See, I can't do that anyplace else. But when you're dating, I say, look, if you want the best of me, you also have to take the rest of me. But, you know, it's true. If you're really going to be if me, and you're going to be out there and open, and uh, you've got to get really good at apologizing. And, and, I, and I'm working on it. Okay, um, just a joke. I'm white, and I'm fat, and I'm not particularly good looking. So why don't black men hit on me? <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, women lower IQ. Do we all agree women lower IQ? It's true. Women lower IQ. If you are, if you guys are around a woman, you act stupid, right? Women definitely lower IQ. And uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles, they have facial recognition, and they wait until you have lost all hope and have despaired, and then they call your number. This, these are all these are all brand new jokes. I'm going to finish. I have never told jokes about my ex-wife before because I don't want to dignify her as having some kind of superpowers, you know, like an X-Man or something. But it is true. It is true. She could make me feel invisible. She could cut me in half with a look, and she could make it rain on me. But that's enough. Hey, I've learned at my age you can't always finish. But you can stop. Paul Sanford. Comments. Uh, Paul, you're a character. And that's all I got to say. Uh, but to soften up Neanderthal, and no matter how ugly a woman, just say no matter the species and you'll... It'll species. Make, thank yeah, you. It'll, thank you. Thank you. Is that better? Is species better? Wait, I don't get it. Oh, it's just... Well, you get it that the, the, the it wasn't it wasn't these sweet young Homo sapiens women say, "Oh, I like that Neanderthal man." It was the other way around. Maybe go with uh, because and even, at, even you know even as a Neanderthal woman, ugly forehead, just whatever, she was still getting laid. Is she still? You can even turn that into your your yeah. young white guy, uh, white person, and I'm not. See, it's really hard because the, the 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 children should have been sterile because it's interspecies. Oh, yeah. So the hybrid should have been sterile. That means there were a lot of them, and a very few were fertile, and none of the men could be fertile. So it was only the women. So it was meant that the homo sapiens men were having sex with another species. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It might be funnier to laugh at the men who are having sex with these women, rather than teasing the women for being ugly. Ooh. You know, bingo, bingo, yeah. that's it. Thank okay. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's perfect, yeah. It feels a little bit like an attack. No, no, that's what I was trying to say. What's with these guys? With, with these guys. You know, not like, yeah. they'll fuck anyone no matter what they look like? Yeah, right, well, right. Well, wait, not... Yeah, they're not fussy. I, they clearly are not fussy. They're, they're the guys we know. Who, but, like not, but not like clowning on people who, on women You're who are absolutely beautiful. right. There we go. That was terrible. No, no, not terrible. No, but I'm, no, well, that's it just why goes, I bring it to the joke it workshop. Goes, it goes right? down to being likable. And if you disengender yourself from half your audience by yeah. saying that they're disgusting, ugly sluts that no one wants to sleep and with, you, and you just you're probably going to have a hard yeah. time coming back from it. That's all. But basically, they were having sex with another species. That's the thing, okay. right? right? And that's kind of... Quirky. But Priyanka Wally has a joke about being 4%... Neanderthal, and she's a beautiful woman, and there's no Neanderthal looking in her, see? And I got fascinated by that and checked this out and said, well, how would that happen that she had 4%? And so it's just fascinated me as a process. Where did the first, the first sexual Congress yeah, yeah, happened. Yeah. See? No, I, I got what you were so, saying. I just yeah, mean you that. You thought I was disgusting. No, oh, no, oh. no, no, not okay. at all. It, I, just, I just mean soften it a little bit because attacking women for not being pretty enough to get laid Perfect. is a point we don't want to go to. Perfect. That's um, why it's so helpful to have It's so, well, no, be, totally. but that's why it's so helpful to have women in the person. audience. You uh, know? What was the last joke you said? Sorry. The last train. I had something. Wow, My ex wife? Yeah. Ah, oh, sorry, I forgot. Your wife's an X-Man. 
No, that's okay. I, the one before that? Oh, oh that's just funny. That you held Who just up a said that? That's that said funny. Feminist lower I, or women, women lower IQ. IQ. I mean, obviously you were running out of time, but you meant that men have lower IQ in front of women. Ah. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like that when you go, I women lower IQ, it. am I, I right? Rushed it, right? <laughs> I rushed it, I rushed it, I rushed okay. it, right? I got that. Right. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and when there are more women, I say women lower IQ, and the women almost go in rebellion, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so okay. yeah. So you, you were, a, you, what the fuck is he saying, right? right. I was throwing something at you, but I didn't yeah, have anything right. to throw up no, on no, my no, beer, and I wanted to that drink it. That was appropriate, it. but I like to say, I rushed it. Okay. I rushed cool. it. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, cool. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you, Joke Workshop. Thank you, Joke Workshop. All right, we have one last comedian. He's been here. He's been so patient the whole way through. So you guys, keep your um, keep being vigilant about listening to people's sets and really trying to pay attention to them to give them uh, the best experience they can have, whether they're first or last year at the Joke Workshop. He is, however, the last comedian. Clap wildly for the wonderful talent that is Jonathan Ortiz. Yes, thank you. Oh my God, and keep it going for Pam, you guys. My God. Don't force it though, you know. Um, You guys, thanks for coming out in the cold. Uh, Look, I know I look like the dog whisperer bang Jim Carrey. Like, I know, but I've got something to say, okay? Um, First of all, my dad showed me how to swim at age four, okay? It's, that's the short version of my immigration story, but by the way, if you're going to cross the Rio Grande, if you're going to cross, it's not the current that makes it hard. It's the cocaine strapped to your back that affects buoyancy. I, uh, I, cops, cops are getting away with all kinds of shit. Right? Because these judges, right? We see these videos all the time, police brutality and, and these judges see it and they think, Oh, it's just blurry. It's unfocused. It's like, I'm sorry Michael Bay is not directing this, but it's like, it's like they're trolls. Like, they're the same guys on YouTube. CGI. So fake. And I, I, see, I talk about important stuff, too. I care. Not enough to do anything about it, but I care. It's, it's hard talking about that stuff because uh, I, I really do care, but like, I'll watch a video. I, I don't know how much I care. All right, I'll watch a video and I'll be like, wait, I got to make, we all got to do our part to make sure we're not going to go back to the dark ages of fear and racism. And someone's like, hey, John, there's a, a protest tonight. I'm like, oh, yeah. They're, are you going? You know, are they going to validate my BART? Because that's like, what, seven stops? My Guy Fox mask is coming in six to seven days. I'm keeping up with the Kardashians tonight. Okay, uh, feedback, please. <laughs> uh, okay, Amazon is going to deliver our packages via drones. Right? You guys excited? But they're struggling. They're struggling to meet with strict government drone standards. Okay, they got like they got to make sure that the package misses the customer and lands on an innocent Muslim child. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I. Uh, I creep women out. Like, (laughs) thank you, you relate, bro. You relate. Like today I saw the hottest girl, right? She sits down, 
I sit down next to her. I'm like, hey, how's your day going? She's like, oh, my God, gross, and takes off without flushing. <laughs> right? I wish the cops found it funny. No, I got off with a warning, though. I got off with a warning. They said, don't block our GoPro, is what they said. I'm John. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to need any critique. He's uh, fucking hilarious. Do you guys have any comments? Do not, do not get rid of your drone joke. Thank you. Keep that one. Didn't you say, well, last time you were here, you said you used to be a cop at one point? No, no. You, uh, the or you were in training? The joke. Okay. Pam thought I was for a second. Okay. You kind and of look like a narc, but that's what happened. About cops being perverted. All right, because that looks up the GoPro joke that you had said later, I'm guessing. Oh, I was going to say, if so, when you talk about analyzing footage, if you had that story to go off, I start throwing stuff in there from personal experience, but... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> hey, so you said you creep women out? Yes. Tell us why. Like, was, what weird, he's, he's creepy... Sorry. He was in the bathroom being a creeper. <laughs> okay. So you creeped a woman out? Okay, okay. I thought you meant like in, uh, when you made the general statement, like, well, I meant like, why do you creep women out? Yeah. In the general. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was trying to follow up with. Like, okay. Creep them out. And okay, sorry. wondering why, and it's because I'm a little Okay, sorry. Wait, Just because it's a workshop, the Muslim child is a classic misdirect. Yeah. The re it's funny, we don't see that coming at all. And that's, that's just gorgeous. You could, uh, you could update it with uh, Doctors Without Borders Hospital, but that's, I still think it's a fucking great joke. Yeah. And then uh, the, your dad teaching you to swim, another great joke. And then you had a little tag about the uh, uh, cocaine and buoyancy. He's like, he also taught me a science lesson or about how much, or like, you know, grams to kilos. Just, yeah, like uh, you, can, you can add one more in there about, like, he taught me how to swim, how to find freedom, and science, or just something like, just whatever. But, uh, yeah. The swimming joke, that it's fucking great, that swim joke. The, and the cocaine strapped to the back, it's brilliant. That swimming the cocaine. stuff was hacky junk. Come on, come on. That, that was, cocaine that strapped just, to the back is, is, is beautiful. It's that was just beautiful, race beautiful pandering joke. hacky junk. I mean, you were, you were beautiful the whole time, but you said, swim across the cocaine on my back, and I said, ooh, you know? I mean, I mean it's, you get away with it because you're charming, and because you, you're moving it along, but it is, it is hack. Yeah. You know, I disagree. It's, wonder, it's wonderful hack. It's glorious hack. It, it real, we don't know. Huh? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Cocaine I'm just, I'm, doesn't I'm float, and you don't you know? want to get just, it wet. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, totally. Thanks, you guys. Loved it. It was a good joke you did. Oh, it might be true. Yeah. Loved it. All right, thanks again to Jonathan Ortiz. Clap wildly. Yay, Jonathan Ortiz. Yeah. Um, thank you guys to all the comedians that were here tonight. <laughs> at the Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. Stay tuned because it's FTW, Forever Two Wheels. These crazy guys killing it in here. Uh, thank you, all the comedians. There are two days left. I just uh, re-extended the deadline for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. So you have until 12 to, to apply, but then that's it. Okay? Uh, but definitely apply. Oh, you're welcome. And I can turn it on. Uh, but definitely apply for the comedy festival and um, 
And tomorrow night, come to Brainwash, because it's going to be a great show. And uh, it's always really fun the first Tuesdays of the month. If you get there before seven, beers are cheap. All right, bye-bye. Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's MutinyRadio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear, the news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio.
Hello comrades, this is your comrade Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday 2 to 4 p.m. Broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beat and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB- KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash Show Institute right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.MutinyRadio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help. Alex! Ed! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect! <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby! There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. 
Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on, every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so 